welcome to Flourish with Trish, a podcast dedicated to the curious and creative. Working with like-minded women chasing their dreams is something I have always been passionate about. Being a freelance photographer who specializes in creating content for women-run businesses means that no two days are the same. Every day I'm learning, every day I'm inspired, and every day is exciting. It's a real privilege being able to spend my days with passionate women in their respective fields. The knowledge each of these women share with me in the short time that we have together is incredibly inspiring and deserves to be shared with a wider audience. So here we are. From thought-provoking conversations to personal life stories and everything in between, I can't wait to introduce you to some of the beautiful women who have inspired me. My hope is that this podcast ignites a fire within and inspires you to live a life full of passion and purpose. Let's flourish together. Hello. Wow. Here we are. I can't quite believe this is happening because what was once a dream only a couple months ago is now a reality. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you so much for listening. I'm kicking off my first episode with my dear friend, Alison Slater, founder of Balanced Her. Balanced Her empowers women with the knowledge, tools, and support they need to embrace health and happiness as part of their daily lifestyle. Alison is a qualified personal trainer with a specialism in pre and postnatal fitness who has a passion for women's wellness. Allison truly embodies everything her brand stands for. In fact, I've never met anyone more in alignment with their calling. She's the type of person who feels like sunshine and she brings out the very best in everyone she meets. I've seen firsthand how Allison is changing the lives of the women she works with every single day. Balanced Her is so much more than a workout. It's a community, a safe space. It's where friendships blossom and knowledge and wisdom is shared. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Well, I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally be saying, welcome to Flourish. This is such an exciting time for me. I have been working on this for quite some time secretly in the back, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to have my dear friend Allison here to um, be the, at the birth of Flourish with me. It's I blossoming. Know. It's budding. You're here. It's um, exciting. Thank you so, so much. Um, this, this means truly the world to me. Um, I guess I just want to kind of start off by saying, you know, so people can get to know you and know your journey and know who you are and what makes you who you are. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your story? I can. Uh, I'm Alison and I'm a mother of two. I'm 36 and I guess Balanced Her is my third baby, my third daughter, Mm. (laughs) who isn't even a year old. Oh my gosh, that's right. In fact, I think it's a year to the day that you and I met, Trish. Oh my god. So it's it's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I guess we're having the rose later, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's crazy. A year. Yeah. Oh. Well, ten months at the moment. It'll be a year at the end of June. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's all very new. And I have slight imposter syndrome being here, I have to be honest. That's okay. I think we all do. I do too. I've never been here either. This is my first time having having a podcast. So relax, chill, we're good. We're, we're just, here. we're winging it. We're winging it. We're winging together. it. <laughs> together. So tell me about your story. How did you get here like to Hereford and starting Balance Her? How did it happen? How did it happen? I have been in Hereford for three years now. And when I moved here, I, we moved from London. Mm-hmm. So we lived in London for 12 years and I had a completely different career. I was the director of events for 
an amazing company called By Word of Mouth, who I have a lot of love for. They are an events and party planning company in central London. And we would go into weird and wonderful places, oh, wow. royal palaces, homes, art <sighs> galleries, museums, and put on parties um, after the public had left. And we put on these amazing parties and then... All the guests would go home and we would scurry around cleaning up and leave as though nothing had happened. Oh, my gosh. And that was my life. And it was... uh, I did that for 12 years. I started my career in Kensington Palace and then worked for By Word of Mouth. And I loved it. But it wasn't very family-friendly. Right. Okay. It was um, creative and wonderful, but it was wonderfully busy Mm. and hectic. And... Uh, my partner Adam and I are both from the countryside and always knew that we wanted to move out of London we had our first daughter Margot Mm. uh, (laughs) who's about to be five and we lived there for a couple of years with Margot and made it work we lived in a lovely little flat in Battersea and made all the sacrifices that you do and at the time it didn't feel like sacrifices we used to have to bath her on the kitchen table because we didn't have a (laughs) tub yeah and park our car a million miles away because we didn't have on-street parking and all those little things that we just do. You just did it as life. But it did feel like it got harder and harder. And working at weekends and in in the evenings became harder. And Mm. we wanted to have another child. And just as I became pregnant, we moved out of London. And we found our dream home in Hereford. We had we did what everybody says don't do <laughs> which is we moved for a house and not a location and we genuinely knew nothing about Hereford which really? sounds pretty stupid <laughs> you came here knowing nothing having no friends no nope, knew nobody but we knew wow. that we wanted a rural lifestyle um and we just fell in love with our home and wanted to well, our house and wanted to make it a home mm. um so we came here and I'd made my peace with leaving the events industry and knew that that was what was going to happen. And actually, just as on the day that I handed in my notice, I I signed myself up to a personal training qualification course because yeah. I uh, my job has always been such a big part of my identity and I um, just needed to know that by leaving this career, I'd have something else to go to. Right. So I had great visions of me studying so I signed up to this course and then of course we moved house I was pregnant with my second child we moved here relocated didn't know anybody threw ourselves into that relocation and meeting people and I never actually started the course (laughs) and just as we were leaving my the company that I was working for offered me a remote position it was part-time but it was remote and that was great. It was something I was familiar with and would bring in some money, which I'd kind of thought wasn't going to happen. Anyway, safe to say the course was put to the wayside and it did have an expiry date. Okay, well, um, that's kind of a blessing. It was. um, But then I got more and more pregnant. And for some (laughs) reason, I just couldn't do the studying. I couldn't find the time in between everything else that was going on. And I gave myself such a hard time about it at the time and looking back it was such a big deal relocating to someone mm. we didn't know and leaving my career being pregnant for a second time yeah, and mean... actually probably quite normal anyway didn't do it and we then had our second um little girl clemmy and we then went into lockdown right 
Mm. (laughs) Well, we all can relate. We can. Um, We went into lockdown and very sadly I was made redundant because I was working freelance for By Word of Mouth and the events industry suffered hugely. And so that job ended and all of a sudden I had no role in life other than Mm. being a Mm mum. And I hadn't realised what a huge part of my identity, my job had been. Yeah. And... I found it really, really hard. And I lo- I, don't get me wrong, I love spending time with my children. I had Clemmy was six months old when we went into lockdown and Margot was two and a half. And I would speak to all my friends who were juggling work and motherhood in some way and finding it really hard. And I could completely hear that they were finding it hard and I could empathise, but I had the strangest pang of envy that -hmm. they had something to juggle Mm -hmm. and I felt like I'd really lost my identity all I had was being a mum and it didn't feel like quite enough yeah and that was the catalyst that I needed that was what I needed to go this is the time to start your studying and I think there was only two months left on the expiry date of this course and the course was much longer than that um, and I gave them a call explained my circumstances and they kindly extended it wow um but only by six months so that gave me the realistic time frame I needed but also the push I needed mm. to focus and get it done so and literally like rejection was redirection yeah it was the push that you needed yeah. in order to literally take that next step yeah it yeah. was and that is how I started, and that was my qualification. And at that point, Balanced Her didn't exist. Okay. All I knew was that I wanted to be a personal trainer, and I felt very passionately that I wanted to work with women yeah. and that I wanted to study for my Level 3 qualification, which is the sort of general personal training qualification you need to work one-to-one with clients. But I also knew that I wanted to do a further qualification and work in pre- and postnatal um, fitness because I think it's something that's um is certainly lacking in this area mm-hmm. um, and very much needed i think there's a Absolutely. lot of um, fear around exercising when you're pregnant or mm-hmm. after you've given birth so because there's, to... there's people don't know no like there's a lot of like we just don't have the education behind it it's never been really taught or less maybe i'm just not in that world but it doesn't seem like i i know or hear a lot about it and things change and i think there's lots of myths about it mm. that our mothers maybe told us or our grandmothers or just generations past where that has been what's the the thinking Mm -hmm. um things like should I exercise um if I'm pregnant if I've not done it before the the guidelines used to be you know if you haven't if you haven't been exercising and you become pregnant don't start now yeah well that's not the advice anymore but I think that's can be the general thinking there's fear around it and links to problems and actually exercising during pregnancy is one of the best things I can can imagine it's probably great for blood flow and if blood flow is happening yeah I don't know I'm just throwing it out there I have no idea but that (laughs) kind of makes sense right yeah okay Um, so yeah that was um that was how I started I just knew I wanted to get these qualifications yeah and balanced hair grew from there so I was studying and I, I don't really know exactly how, how the brand ca- came about. I just knew I didn't want to be Alison Slater personal trainer. Right. Because that 
felt all about me and I wanted to create a brand that wasn't about me it was Mm. about the women that I was helping and working with and I wanted to create a brand that women of all ages um not just mothers women going through the perimenopause postmenopause or women women having babies women trying for babies all sorts of women could relate to Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's how Balanced Her sort of started. I I think that's probably a great um, like segue into my next question because I was going to ask you, what is Balanced Her? Like for anyone who hasn't heard of this, what is it? Good question. (laughs) Uh, Balanced Her is, I describe it as a destination for local women who are wanting to um, look after their health and incorporate exercise into their lifestyle in a balanced way okay yeah so I write uh, very bespoke one-to-one programs for women that are focused around providing them with uh, tools and knowledge to empower them to be able to build healthy and more importantly happy habits that mm-hmm. are long lasting yeah um, as long as well as the one-to-one work I also run small group classes oh I love these I love these these are the best (laughs) yeah well this again not in my plan yeah Um, when I thought about being a personal trainer it was all very one-to-one and the community that's kind of grown alongside this and the social side of exercising um has been one of the happy I don't know if happy accidents the right word but happy things that's kind of grown out of it, which wasn't part of the plan, but honestly is is what makes Balanced Her oh, for me. It is. And like, I've attended quite a few of those classes and it's not just, and I know I said this in my little intro for you, it's, it's not just a workout, it's a community. And you, I, I'm making friends when I go there. Every week I'm making a new friend and you're creating a space that it's not just... It's not just a workout. You're making friends, yes, but you're also, it's a safe space. And I keep yeah. hearing that time and time again. I go through your social media and I see people, you know, commenting on on their experience. And it seems to be quite, um, people keep saying the same thing, that it's how you made them feel. Like you really, really are, you're creating a very safe place for women to feel that they can be themselves more than anything. Yeah, and I do believe that exercise is a feeling and, and and health is a feeling and wellness is a feeling and not a look. I think we're so driven by aesthetics nowadays with social media and things, mm. but it's all about how you feel. And those classes, for me, the main aim is that they're inclusive and they're welcoming and that women of all ages, sizes, abilities feel that they can come and exercise in a way that's going to work for them. There's always choice in them. That's the most important thing for me as a trainer is to provide the environment which someone who's really fit can come to and work out in the way that works for them, but also someone who has never worked out can come to and start their exercise journey or someone who has previously been fit but has had a baby or been very busy and mm. as feels like they've lost their fitness yeah. can come to and feel empowered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I brought my own mother to a, a couple classes when oh, she was a good old tear bear. <laughs> um, and, you know, she loved it too. And it was great because she's, you know, going to be in her 70s in mm-hmm. a couple of years and I'm in my 30s and we both made it our own workout and there was no pressure. No one was judging. Like, yeah. I don't know. I always felt that when I would go to other workout classes that people were judging me and maybe that's very much on me. But 
I don't know. I, I have never felt that when I walk into the garden studio. No. And I think it's also just the fact that you have created a garden studio in itself as well is just at the end of that class or, you know, when you were setting our intentions at the beginning of the class, but, you know, at the end when you're looking up at that sky and whether the leaves are turning or the, you know, flowers are blossoming, it's just, there's something even that I, I don't even think I can find the word that would describe how that makes me feel because it's almost an outer body experience. Yeah, I think the word I use is alive. And I think I... Fitness, in terms of how I think about it, is, is very holistic. So exercise is part of your health and it links so deeply to other things you're doing so how you're nourishing your body with food how you're nourishing your body with in terms of hydration your rest the sleep you're getting how stressed you feel um and the garden studio being in nature has so many benefits Mm. and when you more than we probably know exactly exactly (laughs) i mean exactly and working moving your body outside in the fresh air Mm. in the vitamin d you know, green space in life has, and with living things around you, has so many benefits, both physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bit different. Oh, I know, but it's so good. It's just so, so good. I feel like you've you've created something that I, I just, it hasn't, it does, definitely does not, it did not exist here before. And I feel like we are all so grateful to have you. I'm so glad you moved from London over to, <laughs> to Herefordshire because I mean, um, you've been an amazing addition to our beautiful county. That's for sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this isn't my next question. Why um, is Balance Her important to you? Like, What are you without it? What are you with it? And why do you care? I know that's kind of a loaded one, so feel yeah, free to take the, lo- dissect that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I care because I'm very aware that I'm a woman raising daughters. I'm very aware that I didn't necessarily grow up with a positive relationship with exercise. Um, and I'm very aware that I grew up in a time where nothing tasted as good as skinny felt Mm, how damaging was Mm, that mm, (laughs) yeah and if I and I know that so many women feel that they don't necessarily have a negative relationship with exercise but it's not a positive one it's a functional one that they Mm. should they feel they should should exercise or have to exercise and if I can help people to want to exercise and recognize all of the benefits that aren't aesthetics and that's not me saying that aesthetics aren't important I think all of us to some extent care about the way we look and and things but that's just one uh not even benefit of exercise it's one of the outcomes of exercising but there's so many more and I think lots of people have a all or nothing relationship with exercise Mm. um which I've had in the past I'm guilty of that yeah 100% and it's great when you're in the all phase it works really well (laughs) yeah yeah Um, and the all phase can last years it can last you know um but as soon as you're not in that all phase you then have this horrible feeling of guilt and lazy and and it's the other extreme and that just doesn't feel good. So I Mm. care because I genuinely believe that you can build sustainable, a sustainable and positive relationship with exercise if you do the things that are right for you. Mm -hmm. And those things that are right for you aren't necessarily right every day. It's like, but balance isn't, you don't just get balance. You don't just find it you create it 
And you have to create it every day because mm. what you need in terms of balance varies from day to day. Yeah. So I care because I have, I've been on that journey and I see women on that journey and I feel that it makes such a difference to how you feel if you can have a positive relationship with exercise. Absolutely. And I want to help people to do that yeah. and to think differently, to reframe exercise um, and do it because they want to, not because they feel they have to. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so what are you with it and without it? Without it, going back to, to what I said, I was lost. Mm. I found it really hard not having an identity. My job has always been such a big part of my identity. Yeah. So without it, I was quite lost. Um, with it, I don't know. It's, it's all consuming having your own business, isn't it? It doesn't stop. There is no, no nine to five, is there? <laughs> there is no, no nine to five. No. Um, with it, I, I guess I'm everything I am without it, but in a, hopefully people feel a better version. You know, I'm still a friend. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a partner, a sister, all those things. But... It makes me happy doing this. I, I so genuinely love what I do that I hope that brings out a better version of me in all of the things that I am. I think. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, that part that you said you felt was missing originally, do you feel fulfillment now? Absolutely. Do you wake up every day and just think, <sighs> pinching yourself? Yeah, I do. And what's really nice is that it hasn't necessarily taken the route I thought and all sorts of weird and wonderful things have come out of it so far and we're not even a year in you know doing a podcast um, yeah I mean that <laughs> as I said slight imposter syndrome but how cool is that like yeah I mean again it's just like how what life throws at you it's saying yes to opportunities and yeah. like you said you like uh, in your side of the business you didn't think you'd be doing group sessions and how popular have they been you mm. know what I mean yeah so it's it's amazing when you're open, when you're in alignment with what you're, what you're calling, what you're meant to be doing, and you're open to opportunities and you're open to exploring, you learn so much, don't you, mm. about yourself. It's such a journey. It's such a journey. Speaking of that, how do you track your goals and accomplishments? Well, that's a good one. I talk a lot about goals because I, um, <laughs> although I feel balanced hair is a very processed um, dr- not process driven, but the focus is on the process of exercise. It's not all about the goal. I do still set goals with clients. So I talk about goals a lot. And my mum and dad have always said I've been a very determined person. So I like to set goals. If I've got my heart set on something, I will do it Mm -hmm. in some way, not always the plan, but I am determined. Um, So goals are really important. But what I have learned from having my own business yes. is that you've got to celebrate the little wins. Amen. It's not just the big goals. It's a, and you have to celebrate them. And if you don't, no one else will. And I found that really difficult to start with because I thought I felt like I was being quite arrogant or big-headed of things I'd achieved and it is hard to blow your own trumpet. I don't yeah. know, I find it hard to blow my own trumpet. But when you run your own business and it's solely you and mm. your name's above the door and it's all on you, if you don't do it, no one else will. And I learned that quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, people want to celebrate with you. That's really nice. And I, that you are such a, 
um, advocate of that. You you raise, you know, the the phrase "you rise by lifting others" could not be more applicable to all the women I've met here. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I learned. The other thing is, it's about these small wins. And when I started, when I launched. I didn't at no means think that my business was going to be an overnight success when I launched, but I think I thought that because it had all been in my head for such a long time and felt like a long time coming with all the studying I'd done and then all of the behind-the-scenes work in terms of creating a brand and what I wanted that to be and all of that, by the time I then, you know, our photography session, by the time I then Mm -hmm. launched... I assumed, quite naively probably, that people would just get it. They would just be like, oh, yeah, that's what she's about. And, of course, that's her mission and 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 see my ethos and just get it and want to be part of it. And that is probably quite naive because it wasn't the case. Mm. And there was an initial flurry of interest and then things quietened down. And I had a handful of clients, but... I think by the nature of what I do is very personal, personal training, but it's very intimate and it's very, it can be very exposing and you can have quite difficult conversations with people because of deep rooted, um, uh, feelings and thoughts linked to exercise and very vulnerable, very vulnerable. Yeah. And Anyhow, I when it wasn't going as well as I'd sort of not assumed, I really didn't assume it was going to be this overnight success, but I thought that it would start and I'd have a couple of clients and then in month two I would ha- double that and have four clients. Then in month three I would have a few more and mm-hmm. it didn't quite just go on an upward curve. You know, it ebbed and flowed, which is looking back quite normal (laughs) yeah yeah but at the time (laughs) felt like oh my goodness what oh no one's getting this are people going to get this is this going to be a viable career and getting back to the point no no (laughs) I I quite I found myself in quite a negative place at, at one in one week and I spoke to a friend who suggested that I write down every achievement Every and it was every tiny achievement, mm. and when I say tiny, I mean teeny. So it wasn't just co- celebrating when I confirmed a client; it was celebrating if someone clicked on my website, mm. or if I got a new follower on social media, or if I. You've got to remember, or I have to remember and remind myself that all of the not only was the brand and balanced her brand new, but actually training people was also brand new. Yeah, so. You were an imposter in so many different places because you'd never been there in so many, like in so many ways. So buying a new piece of kit and teaching a client how to work with that piece of kit, I would tick, you know, Mm. add onto that list. If somebody contacted me, it was all the teeny little wins and I would note them down. And on a Friday, and I still do this, I have a Friday to-do list, which is what I'm going to do next week. But I also have a Friday woohoo list. And a list. (laughs) A woohoo list. A woohoo list. And you list every little thing and it can be as small as you like. And you list those things and you think, this week I've done this. That's what I've achieved. A woohoo list. A Friday wahoo list. I need to write this down. I'm going to have a wahoo list from going on because that's, what a great way to actually, because we forget, don't we? We, Like life happens and we forget the little things that have happened and they can be, it doesn't have to be the big ones. The big ones are great, but the small ones are what make the big things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they might not feel 
big, they might feel really small at the time, but you don't know where they're going to lead. Mm. You know, I probably on my to-do list a year ago wrote that I'd contacted Trish Henderson and set up a meeting (laughs) and that was like, I'd done that. And then the next week it would have been met Trish Henderson and had a meeting and... A year ago today. A year ago today. (laughs) And that would have been on my Wahoo list because it was things I had actioned that were driving my business forward. And they they felt like little things at the time. But now... We've been working together for a whole year and so many exciting projects have happened and so many more are coming. Ooh, I know. Um, (laughs) And and, uh, so those things that feel little at the time can lead to something big. So if you track those, then it's nice to look back on as well. I know. I don't know about you, but... Even even on a day to day, like if I've if I've got my little to do list, which I do because I have to I have to stay, I have to do it for my own sanity. But if I've done something that wasn't on that list, I add it to the list just so I can cross it, just to strike it off. Yeah, absolutely. You do that too. I do that too. Okay, so I'm not alone. Or I'll start my list with a load of things I've already done. Yeah, just start oh. it with like three things I've already done. Tick, <laughs> tick, tick. That's that's a good one too. I also too like sometimes I have things on my list, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I always action the ones I don't like to do most. Do you? Yeah, I do Ooh. because I reward myself with the good after. I'm like, I really don't want to do X, Y, and Z, like you know, income taxes. Well, it has to be done, otherwise I'm going to be behind bars. But also, there's things that I don't necessarily love to do, so I'll do them first, and then I'm like, yes, I get to edit the photos from the photo shoot that I did last week. And that's a reward to me. So I like celebrate that little like mini dance that I do in my office, um, because I think that it's, it's just like training your brain and having those little things that you can, I don't know, motivate you. Because when you are all alone doing this, you do not have someone to pump your tires. You do not yeah. have someone to, to um, bounce ideas off of. So it's like literally constant solitude and you have to be there. You have to be the person to like kick your own you do. butt. You do. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? So I guess how, um, how do you overcome the days when you don't feel enough? Because we all have that, especially as women running our own businesses. Like I just mentioned, we don't have the we don't have our colleagues to bounce ideas off of and to lift us up if we're not really feeling our best selves or we've, you know, we're stumbling for ideas or we're lacking the creativity because it ebbs and flows, it comes, it goes. And how do you overcome that? Yeah, we definitely all have those days. I think that's really important to acknowledge and recognise. And those days can be really hard. Um, Mm. But they are normal and you can't have the ups, can you, without the downs. I would say that I make sure I surround myself with the right people. And I do that professionally and personally. I am so lucky in that every single woman that I teach at the moment and have taught this year... I, I really like, <laughs> uh, which is lovely. And yeah. I can chat to them and they make me feel like I'm doing a good job. They don't necessarily say it, but just seeing them progressing and enjoying working out and coming back, it's the ones who come mm. back. You know, it's lovely when people pump your tires on social media and message you saying how great you are. But um, some of my clients... They don't do that. I never hear from them, but they come back every week. Yeah. And that says it all. Yeah. So I surround myself. My clients help me, hopefully as much as I help them. Um, we're also so lucky to have the most amazing community here of women in business who 
are nothing but supportive. We do, don't um, we? I think, we do. I don't know if we just are like the lucky ones or it's like literally we've, I know that what you say, you are the five people you surround yourself yeah. with. And I feel like pretty much like a lot of the people we that we surround ourselves with all are running their own business, plan to run their own businesses, yeah. dream are, are putting the wheels in motion to do that. We are so lucky. Yeah. And they get it and they get the ups and they celebrate those, but probably more importantly than that, they get the downs and how to be there for you. And it can be funny little things, um, you know, voice notes here and there, mm. support in weird and wonderful ways. So that's really important. I'm lucky enough to have um, a very good friend who I've known for, we went to university together and she has run her own business ever since we left. And it's a small business. It's actually in the wellness industry, but different to what I do. And she lives in Surrey and um her business is really successful and she's always told me about the the peaks and the troughs and when I started mine I sort of reached out to her and said oh my goodness this is way harder than I realized and we set up a monthly team meeting just the two of us and we've been doing it now for more than a year and it's so great we both have we write an agenda and it means that we catch up and we try and focus we try and keep it away from personal stuff have that separate and we work on our businesses and although we we're both run completely separate businesses in totally different parts of the country that are both very local mm -hmm. um so not linked really in any way it's so helpful we have yeah. aims and we hold our, each other accountable um so that's really lovely and that's something if you if if i was speaking to somebody who was setting up their own business i would say reach out to other women and they don't have to be in your industry funnily mm. enough i don't because i haven't lived here that that um long i don't know many people in in actually in the fitness industry but surrounding yourself with people who get it is probably more important than people who are similarly in your field. Yeah. Um, I'm also lucky enough to have just the most supportive group of family and friends. And mm. I'm not one of those people who speaks to their best friends every day. And I'm not one of those people who speaks to their mum every day. But I've got a really close circle and I'm really close to my mum in, in many respects and... We can go days, sometimes weeks without chatting, but I know they're there and they're all really generous with their time and with their energy that they put in to my business. And so that's what I do. I surround myself with those people. And I, as you say, you are who you surround yourself with. You are. Yeah. That's so important, isn't it? So on the whole positive mindset topic, um, how do you encourage a positive mindset and help people override the negative connotations that they have with exercise? I try and help people to be very present. You know, we talk about mindfulness a lot and I know mindfulness is very current, but just stopping and thinking and about how you feel and checking in with yourself um, in terms of your exercise is something that I'm a big advocate of. Mm -hmm. I think checking in, if you've got, if you're going to an exercise class or you're still at home, check and you you don't quite, for some reason, you're not feeling psyched about going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which happens to us all. It yeah. happens to me and it's totally normal. Changes each day, each in, week. It yeah. does. <laughs> it, totally. But just check in with yourself then and what it is you're feeling and think, okay, 
And then if you make it to that class or that session, check in with how you feel when you arrive. And honestly, so many people say to me when they come to sessions or classes, they're so nervous. They're really nervous about it. And, and that's normal again and Why? fine. Why are they ner- what are they nervous about? Um, I think they're nervous about finding it hard and not being good enough, um, which I can completely relate yeah. to. You know, I, I haven't exercised all my life. And to be honest, we do go through, excuse me, ebbs and flows in terms of motivation and that's completely normal mm-hmm. um so being mindful then in the class I try and bring people back how are you feeling right now that can be when we're working through some mobility stretches and you realize that you've been hunched over your laptop or over your phone and you feel oh actually yeah I'm feeling better already I I ask people to check in with themselves when we are in the middle of a Tabata or, you know, a little intense section of the workout that's really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel out of breath and it hurts sometimes. And check in with how you feel right now. And then we check in at the end and how you feel. And I do genuinely believe that you rarely regret working out if you've been mindful and listened to your body and done the workout that's going to work for you on that day. That doesn't mean Mm. going, you're going to regret going and always beasting yourself in the gym there is a totally a time and place for that for working really hard and doing a very high intensity exercise format um but equally you might feel that that's not going to work for you on that day in terms of your cycle or just your energy levels and so if you can be mindful and listen to yourself and what you need right now you can tailor your session to work for you Mm -hmm. in that moment and you can be mindful of that and then it helps with the next one you're going to do and I think the other thing I do is try and help people recognize all of the other benefits that aren't linked to um numbers I think yeah in terms of fitness so things like your flexibility increasing your stamina your balance your balance is a big one balance especially as we actually age and I'm learning more about this from you and from my Pilates instructor too and how like you know just the simplicity of balance like we take that for granted yeah we do in all elements of our life but specifically like even in Physically balanced. Yeah, Yeah, we do. And your physical balance comes down to your foundations and Mm. your foundations, your core. And we're not just talking about your your abs in your core. We're talking about your glutes. We're talking about your lower back. Your foundations are where all of your other movements come from. And creating strong foundations is what's going to keep us going in in, as we age and in later life. Mm -hmm. They're what's going to prevent the trips, the slips, the falls, which probably at the moment might feel like they're far away to Mm. us but they'll be here before we know it yeah and I think if we can put that preventative measure in place now you know our future self will ultimately thank us won't it absolutely so you kind of mentioned something about the the numbers and I know that I've joined many gyms in my life and the first thing and I've had PTs and the first thing that they do is they get you to step on the scale and they do your measurements and, you know, they write them all down. And that just seems like a very normal thing that um, PTs or gyms do. That's always been the way what I've known. And I think many of us can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So 
with Balanced Her and with everything that, that you are, are you anti-losing weight? Do you use scales? How, like, what's your approach? I'm No, I'm not anti-losing weight. I think that I would never want to judge somebody for the way they feel. And for lots of people, losing weight is an important part of fitness. I'm anti the wellness industry and the fitness industry, but more so diet culture, making women in particular, but this is also applicable to men, actually, um, Mm. feel that there is an ideal weight and that you are... there's these beauty standards that we all have to work towards and relating fitness to that I guess that's what I'm anti Mm -hmm. I'm not anti losing the weight I think I try with clients I never assume that they want their measurements taken it's offered and it's at the end of our consultation Mm -hmm. um and it's it's there and if they want to do that I'm totally respectful of that um, of and we can do it but it's not forced um, if somebody says they want to lose weight I try and sensitively and gently question why and what that's going to bring because you can if you're unhappy with the way you look you can lose the weight but from my own experience I that doesn't necessarily where do you go from there once Mm. the numbers have reduced where do you go from there and the clients who don't there's clients who want to be weighed and I and I say to them before we do that they've been they've been on on their having their sessions and they've done say eight before they do that how do you feel and they say oh I feel so much better I feel more energized I'm sleeping better I just feel stronger and I feel fitter And they say all these wonderful things. And then I say, do you want to weigh yourself? And some of them say yes. And if the number isn't what they were expecting, I can see all of that positivity and Mm. energy drop because of a number. And a number doesn't really... It means nothing. No. I mean, (laughs) I just feel like I used to put so much pressure on that. I used to step on the scales all the time. Kind of, I was obsessed with it because, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, we grew up in this whole... Our youth was about nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Yeah, and Heat magazine telling you that all these celebrities with cellulite and postpartum and... Oh, it, it's horrendous It's horrendous. Back, but it was normal at it the time. It was normal. And, you know, it's it's only into my 30s now that where I'm like, when I put on my pair of jeans, if I feel good, I don't care what A, what size they are. Yeah. I don't care. And I don't care what how much I weigh because ultimately it's how I feel when I'm in it. If I feel like my best version of myself, whatever the weight is, whatever the size gene is, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's so refreshing that you're bringing this um, approach to fitness because I think we as women, it doesn't matter what, I don't think it really matters what era, what decade you were born in, there was always a, a, a visual of what beauty was or what, yeah. you know, the industry um, portrayed as, as beautiful yeah. or as per- perfect, whatever, there's no such thing. But And it changed. It changed. It changed, you <laughs> and know. it's still changing. Absolutely. And it's ne- you can never be all of those things. Mm-hmm. I think for me, what really, being in my mid-30s, I've now realised is that when I was 18... I wasn't happy with the way I looked. And then I got to 25 and I looked back at pictures of when I was 18 yeah. and I thought, 
oh God, what was there to be worried about? But then I didn't like how I looked when I was 25. And then I got to 29 and I would look at pictures of what mm. I looked like at 25. And it will be the same now. Yeah. And, it, and, and so you can waste your life not being happy or you can just accept that that's the way you look and that actually you're going to exercise for all the other benefits. And if you lose weight, then it's an ad, you know, for, if that's one of your goals, it can be an added bonus. Yeah. Um, and if the women that I train lose weight, then, you know, I'll celebrate with them if that's important to them. But what I really celebrate is when they, I hear that they've gone and decided to do a 6k walk because they suddenly feel fit enough up a mountain mm. or they've decided to try climbing because they suddenly feel like they've got some strength and they can maybe go indoor climbing with a friend yeah they're the they're the things i celebrate because that's what life is numbers on a scale you know you can consume so yourself more. with that for the rest of your life and like you said like i look back at pictures where i know as a young girl i used to i, I was tearing myself up for yeah. being fat yeah which <laughs> I mean, I was 18, I was, you know, or 19, whatever it was. And I look back and I think, my God, what did I see? And what I really needed to work on was my heart, yeah. my head. And I think that you also do a really great job with how you, you work with your your clients as well with um, how they speak to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is so much, I think, even more important. Definitely, yeah, yeah, it is. And there can be scary conversations, it's hard, and mm. I try and create a environment where they feel they can chat about that and I think I try and be as open with my clients as I can mm-hmm. and model that and be open and honest and you know talking about this and saying I've not always had a positive relationship with my body image and or with exercise that's the truth and I can totally empathize with everybody who walks mm-hmm. through my doors who feels like that and that's not everybody you know some some clients come and it, they they join because they want to be fit or fitter or stronger yeah. um but it is an overarching theme yes. and it's something as i said before raising children I, I don't even think it is specific to women now Mm-mm. just raising children is something i'm really aware that i want them to have a different sort of mindset approach and mindset yeah well I mean I think I'm going to shift gears here just kind of you know up the ante um just thinking about it when do you feel most authentically yourself Allison um that's a good question probably when I'm one-to-one with clients on the mat and having those conversations I've always been somebody who prefers one-to-one interactions to a big group. I mean, I, you know, I like parties and things like that, but mm. um, I, if I was to choose, it would be one-to-one um, interactions. And, yeah, I think I expect a lot from clients in terms of, whilst I would never force them to give intimate details, just providing that environment where they feel comfortable to be open, but you can't expect people to be open if you're not going to be open back. Mm. So I think that really is when I'm most at my at my most authentic because I'm honest. Yeah. I'm honest about finding it hard to fit time, find the time to exercise myself. Yeah. I'm probably not the fittest person. I've got clients who are fitter than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest about that. Of course. You know, but being a PT isn't about being fit. 
It's about being able to teach people to exercise safely and etc. Yeah. It's not about your own fitness. Um, but be, but sorry, going back to your question, being candid and open and honest with clients is when I'm authentic, I think. Yeah. I love it. I hope. No, I hope they feel that. You definitely, definitely are. And I think that's what makes it is another additional, you know, another reason why people come back week yeah. after week because they, they, you can't, energy doesn't lie. Energy yeah. doesn't lie. And you feel like sunshine. I said that in the opening, in the opening credits. I, you know, you really, you really do. And I think that if you're just being true to yourself, which you are, and you're being authentically you, what's not to love? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we asked, how do you feel most authentically yourself? I want to know, where do you feel most centered and happy? In my kitchen. Mm. <laughs> um, with Adam, my partner, with some music on and a glass of wine, cooking for our family or our friends and just having a good time. That is my happy place. Yeah, and I would say th- you can taste the love that goes into each dish because I have <laughs> I have had some of your cooking. And you do share some of your recipes actually on Balanced Her, don't you? Yeah, I think uh, it's my happy place and it's all uh, I take such a holistic approach to health that mm-hmm. fitness is only part of that. And also balance, you know, balance is about it's not just about fitness, it's about everything that we do and food is so important and food again you can have such a negative relationship with food if you go down a certain road but food should be sociable food is fun it's delicious I'm yeah just, <laughs> it is I'm passionate about eating um, so yes and I think I uh, lots of my clients who are very busy struggle it's not that they don't know what to eat but it's how to find the time to make easy things so my recipes are often not recipes they're often things that you put together I would say and can throw together I um I take lots of inspiration from recipe books but I don't necessarily follow recipes um sort of minute uh, step by step yeah and um, I think my the recipes I post as uh, inspiration for quick breakfasts and smoothies. You know, I love a good smoothie. Oh, we love um, a good smoothie. And salads. Squats and smoothies. That's my favorite class too. But you still owe me, Alison, I hate to say this, but you still do owe me that uh, amazing like slaw chicken recipe that you made for me once. Oh, it's not mine. It's Nigella's. Well, it's you not- and Nigella owe me that recipe. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is delicious. So I've got a couple questions left. I think this has been... I don't know. I feel like we could talk for hours, but we do have rosé and pizza waiting for us, don't okay, we? Yeah, gotta <laughs> move on. Yeah, but I just I I want to ask a couple more questions just to tie these to, to tie this up. Um, my one being, what is the best advice that anyone has ever given you? Ooh, that is a good question. My my mum gives good advice. Mm-hmm. And when I was 14 or 15, I guess, she gave me some advice, which I think probably in the moment was just what she thought of, you know, mm-hmm. to calm me down. Um, but it stuck with me forever. And it's a little shift in what you physically do when you're feeling nervous. Okay. And 
I had booked, I was at school, I think I must have been in that, I was in that awkward teenage phase, you know, when you're like 14 and it was the summer holidays and I booked with a friend to go on a, um, to a summer school, a university summer school that was like a taste of uni when you were 14 and it was going to be really cool, you're going to meet loads of new people and I didn't know anyone else going on it except this other friend and we'd been really looking forward to it and the night before we were due to go, she pulled out I can't remember why but she couldn't come and I was really scared yeah I was really nervous about going to something all on my own a big group of people who I'd never met before um out of my comfort zone it was out of the the little town in Yorkshire that we lived in (laughs) and um my mum could obviously see that and I wouldn't say my mum's a big pep talker and she just kind of calmly drove me there she hadn't we hadn't really talked about it. But just before I got out of the car, she said, right, Al, you are going to put your shoulders down, your head up, you're going to take a deep breath and you're going to go in there and get them. Oh, this, is, this makes me feel emotional. She said this to me when I was 14. It's 22 yeah. years ago. And honestly, every time that I feel nervous about something, that's what I do. And I, it's that tiny little shift in your posture and it's shoulders down, head up, take that deep breath and go and get them and show them who you are. And I did it and I had the best time ever. That, sorry, that was the, no. that's why it was such good advice because I just did it. And yeah. it's obviously stuck with me. Um, <laughs> You're going to make me <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yes, that probably that. Mm. Um, or that's what springs to mind and it's something I still do now. Um, and have you said and that to w- your daughters? I would yeah, yeah, say that to my daughters and just go and get them, show them who you are. Be proud, and that little change you can make in your posture can just give you that that confidence to go in, the strength, and do it. Yeah. Oh, love your mom. <laughs> Gonna make me cry. Whew. Um, one last question, and I think this is a really nice way to um to tie things up. I had recently I was doing a, a talk with some a couple kids in it was a, a class in Canada virtually. Wow, I can't believe I was doing that from England to Canada. Wow. I know. Um, and they asked me this question and it, this was one that really had the same kind of impact on me that it just had, like that you just had with the last question, yeah. because when, and I'll ask this, it's, it's, if you could go back to your 16 year old self, what would you say to her? And I don't know what it was about that question that really, oh, like, I don't know, sent a shiver up my spine. I think it's because when I actually physically thought about going back to my 16 year old self and having a conversation with her, I felt emotional, you know, because when you're 16, life's pretty, like, life is hard. It, it, you're going through hormones, it is hard, high school, yeah. people are mean, mm-hmm. you know. So I really had to do a lot of self-reflection on that. Um, so I hope I haven't, like, caught you off guard here. But if you could go back to your 16-year-old self, what would you say to little Allison? Little Al, I would say have patience and enjoy the process have patience in the process and enjoy it as you go I think from a very young age I have always had these goals and been really determined to 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 get these things you know be these things do these things um in terms of my career and my personal life things like you know I want to be married by the time I'm 27 and have children by the time I'm 29 and all these things that when you're 19 or probably even younger than that to be honest 15 think I want to be an events manager. I, w- I want to live in London, all these things. And as I said, 
I'm determined, so I'm... I know I can go and do those things, but what I can sometimes lose in the determination is being patient, but also enjoying that process and that it is a journey and it won't necessarily happen the way you think it will. And you can be determined and still get the end result, but the end result might be even better because you've been on that journey. And if you're patient with that, all these amazing things happen, mm. but you can't rush it. And t and hindsight's you know yeah is wonderful but we don't have that and or we do have it but you know you can't go back so just being patient and enjoying the process yeah oh wow <laughs> that's good it's and, and I think we all I, I have to take a piece of that too because sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you're in the middle of something that you don't necessarily didn't go to plan yeah it can be really hard when you feel like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel but actually it's like knowing that the universe has your back and actually it's directing you to where you're meant to be. Yeah, and it might take a while or it might take a different road. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've, there's been times in my life where I've found life hard. Um, luck, luckily not for too long, but things that didn't go to plan or happened and were out of your control and feeling like it wasn't going to plan and this was the plan and just you you you're not stuck where you are mm -hmm. you know if you don't like where you are move you are not a tree that is another piece of advice someone once said to me you're in control but equally don't be so focused on that goal that you miss the journey that oh, I love that well I feel like that's the best way to tie this up and I cannot th I mean I'm gonna get emotional now <laughs> I can't believe that this is the first Flourish podcast. No, and can I? I'm so proud of myself for this, but I'm also just so grateful for you to believe in me to allow this to come on my my little platform and uh, be a part of my journey. Because you know, like we said earlier, you are the five people you surround yourself with, and you are always um, encouraging me and inspiring me. And um, I I'm forever grateful for our friendship and for you. So I'm oh, um, yeah. Thank back you. Back at you. Back at you. <laughs> thank you, Allison. Flourish with Trish is an original podcast hosted by me, Trish. It's produced by my father, Richard Johnson, from his home studio in Ontario, Canada. The music was also composed and produced by my incredibly talented dad, who, like my mom, has always encouraged me to follow my dreams. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs>